Got them. All right. How's everybody doing? Doing well. Thank you guys for uh, help being patient with us with the technical difficulties that we're experiencing with the sound stuff. Uh, we're going to press on through it. Um, so this is week three uh, for us since we've launched publicly. And I'm excited about what God is going to do, about the lives that are going to be reached and impacted through this local church, this church in this community. Uh, we have a, a band of people here who love Jesus and uh, take seriously knowing Jesus, loving people, and impacting our world. And this week we're going to focus on the third part of our vision statement here at um, City Church to impact our world. We want to be those who make an impact and make a difference in this world. Um, and we're going to look at the words of Jesus. And last week I talked about G- loving people like Jesus did. And I gave everybody here a challenge. Everybody who was here last week, I gave the Jesus challenge. Uh, how many of y'all were here for that last week? Okay. So a year ago, I did something called the John the Baptist challenge. And so I ate a locust with honey on it and challenged other people to do the same or preach a John the Baptist kind of message and post it on their social media and challenge other people to do it. How many of y'all did that challenge last year? Okay, my mom did. I got my kids to do it. That was so cool. Uh, A couple other folks. Um, So here's some radical John the Baptist-like folks right here uh, who took up the challenge. But the Jesus challenge, I thought, well, you know, since... Since the John the Baptist challenge didn't seem to take, you know, eating a locust or preaching a a strong John the Baptist kind of message is a little bit intimidating for folks. But the Jesus challenge, straight, taken straight from the lips or the words of Jesus, I figured that each of us should be willing to take that up. Those of us who call Jesus our Lord, those of us who call Jesus as our master, uh, ought to love people like he did, ought to serve people like he did. He said, if I, your Lord and teacher, your master, have washed your feet, so you ought to wash one another's feet. And then he said, go make disciples. Uh, go challenge, teach, and challenge other people to do the same thing. Uh, Pastor Mike took uh, the challenge. He took it up the same night. Uh, he went and him and Terry got some pizzas, and they saw some folks on the streets. And they just brought several pizzas to folks and blessed them. And I just appreciate that uh, just, just do it attitude, Mike. Uh, just your willingness to, to go and apply that. Um, tonight we're going to continue uh, a similar theme there. In, in, um, but specifically with the focus on impacting our world around us. Uh, we're going to start in, in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, starting in verse... 13 through 16. Um, go ahead and turn there. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. If you don't have a Bible, go ahead and look up on the screens there. I have the ESV provided. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. So this is Jesus preaching a sermon from Matthew 5 through 16. Matthew chapter 5 through 7, he's preaching a message to his followers, and he just got done speaking the Beatitudes, uh, declaring the state of those who are part of the kingdom of God, those who 
are, are belong to God, those who are truly blessed by God, uh, the, the pure in heart, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the, those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, the peacemakers. And then he speaks these powerful words over his followers. He says this, he says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. What a powerful statement. What powerful words coming from the lips of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ himself. So here's the big idea. Here's where we're going tonight. This is what we're going to talk about. The big idea is simply this. That your identity as a follower of Christ, as a follower of Christ, you have an identity and a purpose in this world that leads you to actions which will have a positive impact on the world and result in good towards humanity and glory to God. Okay, that's where we're going tonight. From these verses, that's where we're going. Now, first of all, I just want to say, this was Jesus speaking these words in the first century to a group of people, a group of Galileans, and he speaks these words over them. There's, the Roman Empire was, was in power at the time. And here's this small group of Galilean, Galileans. And Jesus says to them, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And he speaks these powerful words of identity and purpose over them. And it's my desire tonight... That as as we focus in on these words, that we feel the weight of these words press down upon us and move us to action, to live this out, to know who we are, whose we are, and live like it. It's my desire and prayer that we would get this tonight and that we would live out of this insight of who Christ has made us. He has given us a new identity we are distinct. We are different. Uh, and, and as we were singing in worship tonight, I was reminded of 1 Peter, how 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 says this over Christians. You, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people called out of darkness into his marvelous light. That you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has called us into His light. And He's called us to be light in this world. To be light in the darkness. To be salt on this earth. Christian, you have a purpose and you have a new identity in Christ that should change everything about how you think about yourself, how you think about the world around you. Amen? So that's where we're going. So throughout history, Christians have had a significant influence and impact in caring for the sick with hospitals, orphanages, 
caring for the, the abandoned children, orphans. They've had significant influence in education, in caring for the poor, shelters and charity and adoptions. Christians have affected governments, families, and actually art. And actually, Jesus, through Christians, has done this. Christ working through His people, His body, the body of Christ, has had a significant impact upon this world. We are ripple effect. Our lives are ripple effects of the kingdom of God. And God wants those ripple effects to keep going through our lives, to impact those around us. Amen? And so as a follower of Christ, you and I have a new identity. We're to live different. So two things that Jesus specifically speaks over his followers is he says you're, you're the salt of the earth. Now salt has several purposes. Salt is very useful. Uh, salt is a preservative. Salt is a flavoring agent. Salt was used for purification. Salt is a substance to treat wineskins. Salt is an agent to retard uh, fermentation and manure, fertilization, uh, and so on. I'm sure y'all didn't even know that. Um, and, 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 and the list goes on and on. But, but two specific things, two main things I want to focus on is, is the aspect of salt preserving, being a preservative. Before um, pre-refrigerator days, okay, in the first century, they didn't have a nice cold freezer and refrigerator to go and uh, keep stuff cool in and go grab a cold drink or keep your cheese and your lunch meat all cool for you so it doesn't rot. Um, They had to use salt. They put salt on meat and it was a preservative. It preserved food from rotting. Um, And so salt does that. It has that uh, preserving aspect um, element to it. And salt also brings out flavor. Uh, I love this, uh, uh, what's his name, Eugene Peterson in the uh, message paraphrased this section of scripture by saying this. He says, let me tell you what's, why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. And if I make you light bearers, you don't think that I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your life. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Love this. It's powerful. Saints, through your life and through my life, people can taste and see that God is good. People can experience the good fruit of the Holy Spirit's goodness. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. People can experience God through your life and through my life in a way that we can be persuasive to them. We can influence them. We can impact them by the power of the Holy Spirit living in and through us. And they can taste and see that God's good through our lives. 
They can experience mercy and grace. We can be conduits of mercy and grace and love and truth into the lives of those around us. And that's what should happen. As followers of Christ, we should be different. We're, we're distinct from the world. We're new creations. We're salt and light in this world. Just think about this world without any light. If there was no light in this room, if there was no sun to give us light on this earth. Think about that for a moment. Actually, close your eyes just for a moment. Okay? No light. Okay? Imagine this world without any light. And Jesus says, that's what you are. You're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Now, we have an issue here um, because in John's gospel, John chapter 8, Jesus says, who's the light of the world? He says, I'm the light of the world. Now, does that sound presumptuous of us to say, hey, we're the light of the world? Now, Jesus is the one who said it, right? He said, I'm the light of the world, speaking of himself. Uh, John 1, he's the true light that comes in and he lights up, gives light to every man. Um, and then he says here to his followers, you're the light of the world. How, how can both be? How can Jesus be the light of the world and yet Christians, us followers, be the light of the world as well? Well, he takes our lives and he lights us ablaze for him. And if you're a Christian, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. You have the light of God inside of you. You are the body of Christ. You reflect the light. He's, he's the source, right? He's the source, and He lives in us. Christ in us. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, the Apostle Paul says. So it's His light shining in and through us. He's the source of it. And we just stay connected to Him, right? Just like a lamp needs to be plugged in. We stay connected with God in communion with Him, abiding in His Word, and we shine bright. These are powerful words. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Light helps us to see. Light helps plants grow. Light brings warmth. Um, the Apostle Paul um, echoes these words in, in Ephesians 5. He says, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. You were once darkness, but now uh, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So again, as a follower of Christ, you have a significant identity and purpose in this world. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Uh, salt in a salt shaker doesn't do any good for us until we dump it out of the salt shaker, right? We, we need to be poured out. We need to be in this world. We need to... Jesus in John 17 said, Father, I, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one in this world. We're to be in this world and to be light and salt in this world and make an impact on this world. 
As a follower of Christ, you have a significant identity and purpose in this world as the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And as a follower of Christ, you must live in such a way that is consistent with who you are and whose you are. I love this. I love how Jesus and Paul both do this. Peter does the same thing. He says, this is who you are. Now live like it. By grace, he changes us. He transfers us from the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom. He changes our identity. He changes us from the inside out. And he says, now live like it. Live out that. Walk it out. This is different than typical religion. Typical religion uh, tries to work to obtain, to become, to, to you know, merit favor, to merit and earn something before God. And, and, and through the gospel, we, we become by grace. We become new creations by grace. We become God's people by grace. We are who we are by the grace of God. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, he says, I am what I am by the grace of God, and God's grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more and more than the rest of the apostles, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. And so Christianity is different in this sense that that God changes who we are. He changes the core of who we are, our identity. He makes us new. He gives us a new identity. He gives us purpose. And then he says, now live like it. You're children of God now. So you're you're the light of the world, Jesus says. So let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus is introducing this, this language here as telling his, his people that God is your Father. In chapter 6 of Matthew, Jesus says, pray like this, Our Father in heaven, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? So Jesus is teaching his followers that they have God personally as their Father, not just collectively, not just Israel collectively, not just, you know, on a, on, a, on, a, on a large scale, but on an individual scale. God's your Father. The Bible teaches this. And so when we know who we are and we know whose we are, we should live like it. It should change the way that we live. We should live out of that identity as children of God. I can go on and on about this and this is significant to me because as, as a Christian, there's been times where I've struggled, um, where, I've, where the enemies attacked me concerning knowing my identity, and, and I've struggled in, in trying to perform and work, and, and I, 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 at times, and specifically when I was a new Christian, I let just kind of this works mentality that I have to do, do, do to be accepted by God. And the gospel's different. The gospel... Through grace, we're accepted, we're forgiven, we're redeemed, we're made new. And then the the Bible says, now live it out, walk it out. I mean, the book of Ephesians. You know, Ephesians, the first part of it, you know, Paul's unpacking who Christians are in Christ. And then the rest, the the latter half of it, he's saying, walk it out. Now walk as children of the light. Walk in uh, wisdom. Walk in, in unity and so on. Walk in victory. So as a follower of Christ, we must live in such a way that's consistent with who we are and whose we are. Amen? Your actions ought to flow from your new identity in Christ. First Peter, as I, as I quoted earlier, 
um, but you're a chosen generation of royal priesthood, a holy nation called out of darkness into his marvelous light to proclaim his praises. That's who you are. Amen? So here's the other thing. As a follower of Christ, your actions must be motivated by the good of others and the glory of God. Um, in chapter 6, so here, here's something that we need to address. Because in, on, in verse 16, Jesus says, So let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In chapter 6, when Jesus is teaching about fasting, praying, and giving, he says, don't do it to be seen by men. Don't give so that you can get praise from people and to be seen by men. Don't fast so that people can see your face and think, oh, how spiritual you are. Don't pray to look like you're more spiritual than, than you are. So that you can be recognized by others as a religious, spiritual person. Don't do it for that. So how do we reconcile, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. And don't do it, don't do those things to be seen by men. How do we reconcile that? Well, I think we reconcile that with the motive of the heart. Are we doing it for the glory of God? Are we doing it for our glory? Are we doing good things so that people can see how good we are? Are, they, are we doing it so that the praise and the glory and the honor would be brought to God? And that good would result for, for people. And so that's one of the things we need to ask ourselves. Why am I doing what I do? You know, with social media, this, is, um, this can be a, a dangerous thing or it can be a, a, a very helpful thing. Uh, as far as making an impact on this world, I, I honestly believe if you know Jesus or Paul was around today, they would probably be proclaiming a message <laughs> through social media. Um, I, based on what the Apostle Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might win the more. And you know, he he was using all kinds of means. He was using the state of the art, the, the technology of his day, papyrus, <laughs> to get the message out right. The Roman roads, <laughs> letters, you know. So he was using what was available in his day. And, and I think he would do the same today. But I think there's a danger here with social media is that, that we can put ourselves out there as somebody and, and do post things for the praise of others, for the likes of others, right? Or the reshares and the posts or the comments of others. And so that's something that we should check in and guard our hearts against that we're not doing what we're doing as Christians for the praise of other people. Jesus says if you do that, then you already have your reward. Like, wow. <laughs> Thanks, I already got my reward. I got pat on the back, praise from somebody. Big deal. You know? Man, I just want that, that any desire in me like that to just die. Where, I mean, where I can, re- I, I want to receive, of course, it's good to receive compliments and, and don't just like totally De- reflect or deflect them and, and like make somebody feel like a like a dork because they complimented you and you didn't receive it. You know you can receive compliments humbly, but acknowledge 
God's working in your life. And, 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 and don't do what you do to get compliments and comments from other people, but do it for the glory of God because God sees. And ultimately, that's what we're here for is to glorify God by enjoying Him forever. Amen? We're here to live for His glory and His honor. And so, um, and, and, and speaking of social media too, I think I want to encourage us to engage in that realm to impact this world. Um, there's specifically with proclaiming the gospel message. Um, so there's, there's three ways here I think that we can make an impact on this world as Christians. And there's probably several more. But the first one I would say is, is by prayer. And Jesus introduces that in his sermon in chapter 6. Okay, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. There's an impact on your world through prayer. God uses our prayers to impact this world. I mean, that's just mind-boggling to me that, that God, that we get to partner and join in with God. Our prayers get to be used by God to be the means to bring about his will on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, that should just stir us up to pray. Amen? That God answers our prayers, that He hears our prayers. Uh, James even says that you have not because you ask not. Are there things that you long to see happen that haven't happened, but, but you haven't asked yet? Let's ask. Let's be a people. In, in Matthew 7, Jesus says, Ask, seek, and knock. The one who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds the one who knocks the door will be open let's be a people of prayer that we may impact our world but also let's be a people who proclaim the gospel now in this verse jesus isn't explicitly teaching you know go preach the gospel here but he does in other places and he himself did it he was a preacher uh, Jesus says in, in Mark 1, he says, For this purpose I've come forth. Let us go to the other cities and preach. For this purpose I've come forth. So Jesus was about proclaiming this gospel message because through it, God saves people. Now I think this is important. Don't think that your good works are enough to save somebody's soul. Okay? Don't think that you can be a good enough Christian that, that through your goodness and, and good works that somebody can actually get saved through your good works alone. Okay? Because there's something that needs to happen for somebody to get saved. They need to hear a message about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who suffered and died for our sins, was buried, was raised from the dead on the third day, and who is alive forevermore. Romans 10 tells us they need to hear it. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. But here's the thing. We need both our good works and our good words, the gospel, namely, married together, working together in and through our lives to make an impact on this world. There are Christians who emphasize one of these over the other and de-emphasize one or the other. We need to be about both here if we're going to make an impact on this world. Jesus was about both. The Apostle Paul was about both. But God forbid that we should be those who just talk about God and share the good news, but we're not actually loving anybody practically with 
the things that we do. When we're not actually being generous and kind and giving and, and caring for the poor. God forbid that we should live like that. That's called hypocrisy. God doesn't want that. But then God forbid that we should be those who are, are merely rich with good works, but not bold enough to share the good news that actually leads somebody to salvation. We need both working together. And when you got both working together, you've got a Christ-like Christian. you got somebody who's representing Jesus well. Jesus, Acts 10 says, he went about doing good. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He was casting out demons. He went about doing good. Jesus lived a good life, the ultimate good life that we have failed to live. And he died in our place to be our Savior. So he went about doing good, but then he also went about declaring good news to sinners. Gospel news. So that the captives would be set free. So that the brokenhearted would be healed. That the eyes of the blind would be opened. So we need both working together. Let's get a vision for that church. Let's be about that. Let's be zealous for good works. Rich in good works. Because through our good works, we adorn the gospel, Titus says. Our good works help the gospel. People see the gospel as something attractive. Or our bad works can repel our message, our gospel message that we're trying to share with people if, if, we, if we're not loving and, and serving people. So check this out. The Apostle Paul says in Colossians 4, 5, and 6, Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech... Always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So there's good works, our conduct, godly living, and then there's good words. There's gracious speech and a readiness to give an answer to those who might ask. And I think, guys, that we should live in such a way that our lives demand an explanation. Okay? We should live in such a way that our lives demand an explanation from the outsiders. When was the last time somebody asked you, What's, why are you different? Why, somebody at work or at school or, or somebody that knows you from the outside that's not a Christian. When was the last time they said, why do you do that? Why, why, what makes you so joyful? Why are you so kind? Why, why do you... Why don't, why don't you think about yourself more? You know, something like that. When was the last time that happened? I, I desire that I get questions like that more often than I do. Um, but let me just say this. Don't, don't just wait for that to happen until to share the gospel with somebody. Okay? Because you might not get that happening every day or every week or every year even. Okay? So go out and talk to somebody. Engage people. At the gas station, at the grocery store, at your job, at the, at the workplace. And ask people about their, their faith. Ask people about their purpose. One of the questions I love to ask um, people is, um, you know, uh, I, this is, it's kind of a funny thing. And I'll, I'll, I do it at restaurants and coffee shops. And 
um, and you know the the person at the cashier will say uh, anything. Can I get you anything else? And, I'll, and just real quick, just nonchalant, just yeah. Can you tell me the meaning of life as well? Just meaning of life, real quick. Can you just a, a couple of people have told me forty-two. I think that comes from a movie or something. Um, like forty-two. What's that? Mean? Um, and then you know, a lot of times I just get like a laugh, like ah, ha ha ha. It's you know, in the hustle and bustle and waiting on tables. That's the last thing they're thinking about. What's the meaning of life? What, I'm, what am I here for? Yet, many unbelievers have that, they ponder that question. They, you know, apart from God and, and apart from Christ, life is meaningless. And we can speak to that. We can um, give them answers that the Bible gives us. Um, we're here for the glory of God. Amen. To glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. So our good works and our good words, the gospel namely, need to be married together, working together. um, And we need to let our light shine. So let your light shine before men. And specifically the way Jesus says that happens is by doing good to people. Being generous. Thinking about others. Helping others. um, Not just proclaiming the message, but, but... Showing practical ways. Uh, this could include feeding somebody, you know, providing food, shelter, um, serving somebody. Um, Kevin and I got an um, opportunity to go out and do some evangelism yesterday. And um, we were just a couple blocks away from here. And um, we got to meet a refugee family, uh, actually two refugee families from Iraq. And um, they were Muslim. And, and we just, just had a great conversation with one of them and um and we just got to just show care and love and it was it was a, it was a very enriching experience for both of us i mean these are um folks who came out of a hard situation and um so one of the families or the 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 dad of the head of the family directed us to this other family who just got here two days ago and they had like nothing in their apartment and they welcomed us in and they set food before us and juice and they were so friendly they had a 13 year old and a two-year-old and uh, we just got to to love on them and and use our little bit of um, well they spoke the the wife spoke a little bit of English and um, and our we we didn't have any Arabic to speak other than Salom peace Um, but but nevertheless we came in Jesus name and we communicated that and, and we expressed love and and um, I would love, I would love to see like us line up like each, like every week or you know just line up at their door and bring them gifts for the next couple of weeks. Like two blocks away from here, we know their their address and um, just some just bringing some practical things that they could use, like uh, stuff for laundry or um, you know extra. Uh, furniture or whatever i'd love for us to just like shower them down with blessings in jesus name and just tell them we give you this in the name of jesus isa that they would recognize isa if you said isa um, but just stuff like that i would love for us to be known in this neighborhood in this community for for our love for one another and and that we just where it shows that our life show that we love people we're about what Jesus was about. Um, we're going to get some 
more opportunities this summer to do some outreaches. We're going to, Lord willing, uh, do a big outreach here on this uh, facility. Uh, we're, we're targeting August 20, 20th at this point. And we want to do a big community outreach like we've done at the Dallas campus for, for several years. And we want to make waves in this community. We want to make an impact. We want families to hear and believe the gospel. We want them to to hear the message. We want them to see love from the people of God. Um, every week we're, we're going out on evangelism, and if you're interested in that on a Saturday or a weeknight, a Tuesday or a Thursday, let me know. I'd, I'd love to have you guys uh, join us, just doing door-to-door, talking to folks, reaching out to folks. Um, we're going to respond with a song and prayer. Um, For the sake of the world. And so this is how I want us to pray in this time in closing. I want us to pray into our impact, our influence in this community. Um, Our influence in our jobs, um, schools, or wherever, wherever God's placed us, you and I are called to be salt and light right there where we're at. Amen? To let our light shine right there where we're at. Um, I was, as I was preparing, I was thinking about that old song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. May that be our resolve, that we're going to let our little light shine. And it may seem insignificant. It may feel like a little light, but just let it shine. The light shines the brightest in the darkest places. And I think we're in a neighborhood that has plenty of darkness around it. Um, When Kevin and I were out yesterday, we saw a couple drug deals going down. And we're handing out bottled waters and giving invitations and letting our light shine right there, praying for uh, folks that are in darkness. So God, I pray that we would feel the weight of this even now. And that we would be moved to action, move your people onto your agenda. Move us, God, to action. And where we've been lazy or numb and indifferent towards those around us who are perishing, Have mercy on us. May we be salty Christians. May our influence change this world around us. I I pray that we would take heart these words, that we would believe this, that we would live like this, that we really are the salt of the earth. We really are the light of the world. And you 
say, let our light shine. God, may we do that. 